Stage left the theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, no nothing. We know nothing. Karen, I want to point out real quick before oh, we move on. I it on my phone, gross. No, that, <laughs> that is gross. Uh, Sorry, I was just going to say, we've done now four episodes today. Sure. Not once have you screwed up the intro. I don't, because I'm, I'm practicing. so proud of you. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Because there's always at least one time where, where I she's like, like forget. what is this that we're because doing? I got a good night's sleep and yeah, I was like, did. ready to go. Uh, okay. Uh, friends, Twindy is still here with us. Julia's Hi. <laughs> but she's eating for the fourth time. So, uh, okay, we are going to do bah, 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 a deep dive into School of Rock because we are still on my quest for Sierra Bagus to notice us. Sierra. Obviously, she's in the show. I'll talk about that more. Uh, how familiar are you guys with School of Rock? Not very. For the me. movie. The movie? I don't know, know it, love it. The movie. Oh, the movie. Oh, Jack oh, Black. oh. It's super no, Hello, seen... it's a base. Wait a minute. All right, everyone's... Uh... <laughs> Eyes so we just, just got real wide. No, we really got up in arms <laughs> like about it. Sorry to shame you immediately. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm not. I have seen parts of the movie, if not most of it, and I it's, don't know what circumstance um, it was where I saw it because I did like not see it in the theater. An adorable movie. I have like, heard it's, it's really it's cute. It's cute. It's beloved. heartwarming. Yeah. It's all I love things. that movie. Jack Black is great, um, in and it. it's hilarious. Like Jack Black is funny. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's also very cute and yeah. heartwarming. Yep. I mean, I like the premise, right? Kids learning music. Yep. That's I'm about yes, yes, yes. it. Uh, that's what my job. <laughs> but uh, I will say, I had a student uh, perform it for a competition as like a cut down, like dramatic interpretation piece. So it was like a six minute version, and it okay. was uh, really good. I mean, sure. she did a really good job, and I was like, oh, I really like this material. Mm-hmm. So I am like excited to learn more about it. Sure, um, it is. Um, I have seen it live. I saw it on tour. Uh, and I watched a bootleg, um, but it is, it's pretty great. And it's, um, for, it, it, this is always the surprising thing. I think it surprised me when we saw it. Uh, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber, mm-hmm. um, oh, and a departure from his, like, dramatic, Gustav, uh, like, Gustav! Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, like, a lighthearted kids show, and obviously the source material is pretty great, mm-hmm. but, um, this is only, I believe, his second show to premiere on Broadway in the United States, and not as opposed the to the West End, oh, the I other show being Jesus Christ Superstar, so he loves to open, like, a rock and roll musical in America, mm-hmm. Sure, maybe but he's one of the reasons is because there's so many kids in the show, and obviously I'll talk about it, but... Uh, the rules for kids doing shows way more lax in America oh, than yeah. in Britain. Well, sure, it, that that's was part fine. of it. And then the other part of it was apparently we have um, like there's just more access to kid performers. Mm-hmm. Like we have schools specifically for it. Sure, blah blah blah. Yeah. And they don't necessarily have that. I think as abundantly in the UK. Yeah, and so sense. there was a bigger talent pool they felt they could pull from in the United States. Um, so sure. that is also part of that. It ran oh. on Broadway for four years, uh, 1,309 performances. Um, so it was great. It op- it was played in the Winter Garden, which is also where Cats played. So Andrew yes, Goldweber yes, loves yes. the Winter Garden. It's like I've been here um, before. And then obviously in the West End mm. for an, uh, four years as well. And then it toured. Um, like I said, I saw it on tour. I think this is like, I mean, and I will obviously talk about it more, but it, it is like an adorable show to me. And I will tell you why as we go through it. So, Here we go. Like, no, I can't find it. Here we go. So, <laughs> I was like, huh. 
Just keep um, scrolling. Sure. Act one. Also, this is obviously based on the movie School of Rock starring Jack Black that did very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Although Lauren has never seen it, so whatever. Okay. But now <laughs> I have a lot of homework, I guess, this mm-hmm. week. So you do. It'll be fine. Um, no, this is, it, you know, and this is one of those shows that Jack Black did come see it and, like, gave his blessing and was like, it's Cute. awesome. I love it. Cute. So that is also a cool thing. Um, okay. Act one. The musical begins with a performance by the band No Vacancy. The band's guitarist, Dewey Finn, repeatedly attempts to upstage the lead singer. The song is I'm Too Hot For You. And it's also like a banger, like metal kind of like hair, like that kind of feel. Yeah. I have Um, a question really quick before we like proceed. How much of the music from the movie is translated Both. to the so they used some they used some of it from the movie they kept some songs in they liked a lot of the source material and Andrew Lloyd Webber even said like why would I replace this the good music from the show okay okay but okay. you can't have it be an entire show of like metal like sure, it sure, can't sure. all be that so. so the movie used original music as well yes yep. okay cool yep. um so uh they're playing I'm too hot for you Dewey's trying to stage the ma- the lead singer which leads to the band agreeing to kick him out because of his antics after Dewey leaves the stage. The next morning, Dewey is awoken in his bedroom by his longtime friend, Ned Schneebly. And Great Ned's name. That's domin- good. Sure. And Ned's <laughs> domineering girlfriend, Patty DeMarco. Oh. Patty demands rent from Dewey while Ned cowers behind her. So Patty is, like, perceived, she's, like, strong and, like, Ned, come along, like, things mm-hmm. like that. And Ned is oh. really kind of, like, a cowering, like, oh, okay, dear. Love her. That's my new dream role. Uh, she comes, no, no, she's... <laughs> She's not great. Um, No, I I like villains. They're fun. Sure. Patty demands the rent. After they leave, Dewey goes about his day getting kicked out of his band and fired from his job at the record store, all while dreaming about getting his break and becoming a superstar in a song called When I Climb to the Top of Mount Rock. And these are fun banger songs. When I Climb to Um, the Top of Mount Rock. That's nice. Afterwards, Dewey receives a call from Rosalie Mullins, principal of the prestigious Horace Green School. Uh, she asked to speak to Ned, saying that the school has been has an opening for a substitute teacher position that will pay over $900 a week, enough to meet the rent. Pretending to be Ned, Dewey accepts the position. I got a question about sure. how, uh, well, maybe this is stupid, but uh, in my own experience as a substitute teacher, before I was a certified teacher... I never made nine hundred dollars a week. Well, so we what's up at, with that? Yeah, but you weren't at Horace Green, so <laughs> I guess it's not. It's supposed to be like they, a private prep school. In the movie, they make it out to be like these kids are in uniforms. Yeah, but they are like in the show too, prepping to be like doctors at a doctors young age, doctors and lawyers, and like it's the, like an Ivy League school for middle like, school. Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there that. They Even don't control that, I know. I, well, it's that and uh, just because a school is expensive and prestigious does not mean they pay their teachers well. And private school is uh, a problem for that reason. For me, that's all. I'm off my soapbox now. The yeah. end. So <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> At Horace Green, Rosalie does her best to keep everything running smoothly while greeting parents who come to drop off their children. Horace Green, alma mater. Uh, Rosalie Mullins is played by Sierra Bagas. I wondered if that was yep. her character. And she is that. portrayed as like an uptight. In the movie, it is... Joan Cusack. Correct. Oh, um, okay. Love she, her. But in the show, she is portrayed as like uptight. Her hair is in like a tight, severe bun. She has glasses on. She's like very buttoned up. Mm-hmm. And honestly, in a fun way, like kind of a departure from a lot of ingenue characters that mm-hmm. Sierra Bagas played previously, like Ariel and Christine. Mm-hmm. And she said it was very fun for her to, like, step into a different role in that way. Yeah, because ingenues suck, you guys. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I said what I said. Well, yeah. Lauren, that's fine. You're only playing with ladies now. So oh, exclusively okay. mom roles because ingenues <laughs> are terrible. 
right. So Dewey arrives late, both hungover and unprepared for the day. And the principal warns, quote unquote, Ned uh, will be expected to meet the school's high standards here at Horace Green. Dewey enters his classroom and introduces himself as Mr. Schneebly. His 13 students are immediately wary of him, and one of them, uptight Summer Hathaway, attempts to explain to him how the classes run, and Dewey is disgusted by the rigid system. Summer is played... Okay, here's the thing. Kids were... Sure, kids were um, auditioned between the ages of 9 and 16, so a lot Mm. of them are like... 12 like young mm-hmm. yeah and the girl who i've seen and usually the way she's kind of cast even in the tour is like this girl is small and tiny and she is like uptight and she's the kid who like raises her hand is like you forgot to give homework she's like that <laughs> kind of kid. you forgot sure, to miranda get- cosgrove in the movie sure oh yes. okay okay yep. okay um so he's he doesn't like obviously he dewey is like a free spirit doesn't like it um with no food to treat his hangover dewey spends most of the day sleeping leaving the students to run wild <laughs> Uh, back at the apartment, right. Patty asks Ned to go on a jog with her, but he declines, claiming he has a lot of papers to grade. Understanding, Patty goes. However, as soon as she's gone, Ned pulls out his Guitar Hero console and begins playing. <sighs> when nice. Dewey comes home, he joins Ned and they discuss various topics such as teaching and their old band, Variation 7. After their game, Dewey attempts to convince Ned to rejoin him in, the mu- in their music career by reminding him all of the perks of being a rock star, Children of Rock. However, Patty arrives and breaks up the men's reminiscing session. Angry at Dewey, Patty reminds him that he's nothing more than a dreamer who will never succeed in the rock business and gives him an ultimatum. Pay the rent in 30 days or they will kick him out. Damn. In a song called, Give Up Your Dreams. Oh, oh my gosh. Sure. Ominous. Sure. The next day at school, Dewey argues with another teacher and hears music coming from one of the classrooms. Upon learning that his students are in music class with Rosalie, Queen of the Night... He inquires. He inquires. Like the song is called Queen of the Night. Mm-hmm. He cool. inquires in amazement cool. about what instruments they play, and it's like a classical piece. Like she does, like classical opery things. Is like, there any the allusion song. to Mozart in that? Because that is like literally a Probably. Mozart character. Yes. I, no, I think it is. Okay, I think it's Mozart. Cool. Um, cool. 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 Fun. Yep. He in amazement. He inquires about what instruments they play. Dewey then tells his students that they're now a part of his new band set. New band set to compete in the battle of the bands. Fun. First, he puts together the instruments of his band. Zach on electric guitar, Katie on bass, Lawrence on a keyboard, and Freddie on drums. He also makes two of the girls, Chanel and Marcy, backup singers, and two other girls, Madison and Sophie, roadies. Then he moves on to the technical jobs. Uh, Cool. (laughs) Mason is put in charge of lights, James is made the security officer, and an ecstatic Billy is made the band Silas, who, the kid who played him and is portrayed as being like pretty gay where he's like can i do costumes yes and then he like runs off it's i love very it okay. cute. Did in you the catch musical or in the movie in the musical because in the movie he's hilarious sure. no but my favorite was when karen was reading it her she did like a jazz hands thing she, or she was like an ecstatic billy and he had jazz um, hands sure. billy is very very cute that's sure. fun um they're summer, all very cute sure. sure summer and i will talk about this in a minute summer is angry that she hasn't been given a job and says groupies are sluts in response <laughs> to oh these first suggestion oh no dewey then makes her the band's manager and is like you get to be in charge sure, the only student left without a job is tamika the shy new girl and this all comes about in a song called you're in the band in which i'm gonna tell you it's the most high energy like alex brightman originated this and he got nominated for tony he's awesome in which the amount of energy to play this character is off nuts. the chart yeah. because like jack black also has the same kind of energy but it's a Chaotic movie so energy. he gets to like be off on days mm-hmm. this is a guy who in this number he literally runs and he's like play this you got and he plays his guitar on stage he's playing the key to this 
all the kids are playing instruments live on stage. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. And it is <gasps> phenomenal. Wow. Like genuinely, that's why, listen, I was telling them before we started, I watched a clip of this because there's a million and we will watch it afterward. Mm-hmm. I like cried because these kids are so talented because they're not only singing, dancing, acting, they are playing these instruments as well as any professional I have ever seen, adult person, on stage in character. Yeah. And it is probably the coolest part of the movie. Uh, no, the movie. But of the show yeah. is that these kids are playing live. They're playing live in front of you. That's it's cool. nuts. Anyway, so that's kind of it. It kind of sets up where <laughs> one of the things the movie didn't do, and it didn't need to because the focus was Dewey and Jack Black, is the show, the musical, focuses more on the kids. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit more backstory about some of the kids. So That's mm-hmm. nice. That's what we're doing i'm on board with that confident that they're about their prospects dewey hands out famous cds to the students to listen to as homework you're in the band reprise the cool thing about this is alex brightman who again plays dewey uh when he was doing this he handpicked what cds to give them and he's like i made sure i had prints i made sure i did this because it's supposed to be an education because we talked about it these kids and i so it's kind of a cool thing is alex brightman related to sarah no. Oh. Alex Brightman also played Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Got yeah, it. It's okay. him. Yeah, okay. He's been in a couple different things. Um, the children go home and a glimpse is seen into their home lives. Freddie tells his father about the music he was assigned to listen to, but his father belittles him, oh. saying that he's not smart like the other children at Horace Green. Oh. He's there on like a scholarship, so his dad's like, you can't be distracted by this music. you got to work sure, twice as hard. Freddie's the blah, drummer, blah, blah. right? Uh, I yes. believe so. Yep, oh. correct. In another part of town, Billy is reading a Vogue magazine disguised as Sports Illustrated Cute. on account of pressure from his father to take up football. Yeah, we've seen that before. Elsewhere, Tamika tells her fathers that she's not making friends or doing well in her new school, but her parents dismiss her since they love Horace Green. And finally, Zach, the guitar player, attempts to talk to his father about his day, but his father is on a business call and shouts at Zach for trying to speak to him, telling him to go away. Frustrated, Zach, Tamika, Billy, Freddie, and the other students lament that they have so much to tell Aww. and offer their parents in the world, but they just won't listen to them yet. And it's a song called "If Only You Would Listen," oh. and it's so good, you guys. Oh no, I just like, like, I, like chills is, thinking about it in a way where I don't think Andrew Lloyd Webber's cat wrote this one. Like, <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> he really tried good, on this it's song. It's such a good song. Um, later, Chanel and Marcy say that they would call, they should call the band School of Rock. Dewey loves it and makes up a song to create the impression that he is prepared in the end of time acapella version. Mm. Uh, in the faculty lounge, the other teachers complain that the children have become undisciplined under Dewey, faculty quadrille. In the classroom, the band continues practicing Dewey's new song, In the End of Time, practice version. After playing, Dewey tells everyone they're doing great. However, Zach is playing in an uptight and rigid manner, and Dewey says that Zach needs to get angry at the man in order to really rock. He explains that the man is responsible for everything wrong with the world, and Dewey and the kids get angry and shout about how they're going to stick it to the man in a song called Stick It to the Man. Love it. Again, it's a great song. It's a great song, but it's, again, he is, like, going, like, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. Uh, on account of being stuck in school, Dewey and the kids end up sneaking out of the building in order to make it to the Battle of the Band's auditions on time. The children and Dewey sadly arrive late at the auditions. With the manager about to leave, Summer convinces him to stay with a lie about a terminal illness, and the class is able to compete. Oh. In the end of time, the audition. They qualify and celebrate their success, stick it to the man reprise. So, it's fun because th- he is now, like, he found he's kind of found a way and he's like, it's the sweetness of the show is like he starts out by scamming and he needs the money and he pretends to be Ned, but then he like gets to know the kids and his Alex Brightman does such a good job in the original and the tours I've seen too 
of like bonding with these kids and just he has such sure. good chemistry with them falling in love with like being yes a like being that mm-hmm. mentor yeah, it's yeah. it's really kind of adorable um that's the end of act one is stick it to the man reprise oh right. love it act two 36 hours before the battle of the bands the students are hard at work preparing for the event while dewey attends a faculty conference the students conclude that the one outstanding issue is the costumes which billy has yet to show anybody <laughs> He argues that they aren't finished yet, but Summer makes him show them anyway. Using Lawrence, the keyboard player, who he's very uptight and played in a couple different versions where he's just like, mm-hmm. can't move. He's super quiet. <laughs> super quiet and shy. Um, Billy shows everyone and they hate them. Annoyed but not oh. disheartened, Billy goes back to the drawing board. Time to play. I mean, good for him for not getting sure. sad. At the faculty <laughs> meeting, which Rosalie uses to stress the importance of parents' night, foreshadowing, Dewey discovers that she is secretly a rocker and loves Stevie Nicks. Dewey panics when he gets back to the classrooms and begins to think of a cover. Tamika summons the courage to speak to him, saying that she wants to sing. When Dewey asks why she didn't respond to the call for backup singers, she states that she's a lead singer. Yes, she is. Tamika! Sure, Tamika is the cutest part in the movie. I'm going to tell you. Tamika is like... Listen. Although initially Great. too nervous, Tamika begins to sing when others are not looking and captivates her audience singing Amazing Grace. Mm. Um, this is one of those things where it's a young child of like 12 or 13. Um, both places I've seen it played by like an African-American girl who sure. then sings like an African-American woman. And you're mm. like, holy shit, yep. this 12-year-old is singing and belting like a freaking crazy person. What is happening? Mm-hmm. It is bananas. Um wow. Upon hearing that Rosalie is coming, students quickly cover their instruments with Thanksgiving-themed items, and Dewey breaks into a fake lesson. So it's this very cool, from, like, a production tech standpoint, where they've got all their instruments, and they do the thing where they, like, pull this, and it becomes a map, and they do this, and it becomes, the drums go away, and, like... It's very, it's a very fun scene where they're like, and then he's like, ah, uh, yes, so the pilgrims, uh, if you recall, you know, that kind of thing. Um... When she challenges this, Dewey accuses other teachers of being on crack before admitting that he uses music (laughs) to teach boring subjects. Uh, And he picks up his guitar and fake does some lessons. After arguing there are no boring subjects, Rosalie announces that she will be sitting in for the rest of Dewey's lesson. Nervous, Dewey pulls out his guitar and improvises a song about math. Math is a wonderful thing. (laughs) Rosalie is unimpressed, but Dewey decides to ask her out to a bar regardless. And he's trying to butter her up, obviously. Um, But... mm. Um, but, but is he? Yes. Later that night, Rosalie and Dewey meet at the bar, and after having a few drinks, Dewey plays a Stevie Nicks song on the jukebox, mm, yes, causing yes. Rosalie, and it's 17, edge of 17. Obviously. Uh, causing Rosalie to let loose and laments about how she feels she has lost her inner music. Stating that Dewey has reminded her about it, she promises that if the parents' meeting goes well the next day, she will help Dewey and School of Rock go to the Battle of the Bands. And she sings a song, Where Did the Rock Go? And it's like, it's a fun belty number for her, but again, very different. This is where you're like, God, it is Andrew Lloyd Webber, but it's not. Yeah. And when you listen to the soundtrack and you know it's Webber, you can hear Andrew Lloyd Webber like melodies through it. But it's such a fun song, and she gets to sing it, and she, like, lets her hair down and, like, you know, takes her glasses off and that kind of thing. Love it. Um, Love to see it. Sure. Dewey impulsively kisses Rosalie, and they part ways. We saw that coming, right? We saw that kiss. It was going to happen at the bar. Of course. Love that for them. Uh, Dewey arrives home just as Patty and Ned are going through the mail. Prompted by the discovery of Dewey's paycheck made out to Ned, Dewey explains his impersonation idea. Ned goes into a panic attack, but Dewey manages to calm him down and make him promise not to tell Patty. 
The next day, the students go to rehearse their song, but then Zach reveals that he wrote his own song for the band in his free time. Dewey is floored by Zach's talent and is Zach, and as and has Zach teach the song to the rest of the band, uh, School of Rock band practice. Nice. However, in the middle of practice, Rosalie unwittingly brings students' parents into the classroom and they are appalled by what is going on. Focusing on the talent of each child, Dewey slowly convinces the parents to see the band in a positive light until Patty and Ned burst in. And this is one of those scenes that is like, it kind of tugs at your heartstrings because these parents come in angry and they're like, what's my kid doing? And Dewey does this amazing thing where he knows these kids. And so he's like, you don't even know your son. Listen to him play. Like, this is amazing what he wrote this song. Summer is an amazing man. You know, he does all these things where he, he kind of reminds the parents that they're not listening. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that kind of scene. And you're mm-hmm. just like, ah, well, okay. that's nice. And so he kind of wins him over. Until Patty and Ned burst in, having extracted the information from Ned, Patty reveals that Dewey is not Ned Schneebly and send the parents into a rage. In the commotion, Dewey and the children escape, going to the Battle of the Bands, Dewey's <laughs> confession. Um, sure, this is one of those things where, um, they don't, they do escape, but, like, the kids have to come get Dewey. Like, he gets fired and depressed, and then they break out and, like, come get him. So I don't... This maybe is a different thing. But um, as Rosalie paces nervously in the halls, she finds Mason and reminds him that Dewey isn't who the students think he is. Mason encounters that he is a role model, regardless of his name. Touched by this, Rosalie misleads the parents to buy the children more time. The children use the time to reinvigorate Dewey, who has given up on his dream and returned to his room. So that's where they... She basically helps them sneak out of the school to go get him. Mm -hmm. Led by Tomika, they all explain how much they need him, if only you would listen reprise. Patty make one. Patty makes one last attempt to stop them, but Ned finally stands up to her by being like, "No!" and he like yells at her. Good job. And accompanies them to the battle of the bands. Is it like a? Is like a, a queen? Uh, what's it from? Yes, uh, For, it's very much once upon a mattress, mattress where the king finally goes shut or the uh, the prince tells her to shut up. Very yeah. very similar vibes. Yes, love it. Um, the kids get to the battle just as no vacancy. Uh, Dewey's old band that kicked him out <gasps> is finishing up their performance I'm Too Hot For You reprise. Dewey decides that they should play Zach's song and accepts new costumes from Billy. Um, the costumes are great. They are all like rock and roll riffs on their private school costumes. Cute. So it's like no sleeveless but like a cool tie with buttons on it and like it's that kind of feel which they look awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the parents arrive but are not allowed backstage by the security guards. As the students go to perform, Zach's father begins shouting at his son, telling him that school of rock is ridiculous and stupid. Finally having enough, Zach stands up to his father and tells him that the band means more to him than he does, and then Zach goes to play. So they have a fight. Whew. The school of rock performs Zach's song, and the crowd goes wild. Their parents watch on from an empty box seat, and each of them slowly fall in love with the band and how amazing their children are. Each of the instrumental students gets a solo, and Tamika sings lead with Dewey as well. By the end, Zach's father is frozen with pride and has to be pulled away by Summer's mother, uh, School of Rock teacher's pet. Love it. After the performance, Rosalie and the band's parents congratulate the group, as well as Ned, who has decked out in full heavy metal gear for the battle. Uh, Ned is, like, like sad. Uh, the, it, this is actual Ned, not Dewey. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he is in, like, sweater vests and, like, ties and stuff, and then they pull him out and, like, platform, like, kiss yeah, like yeah. A, like a studded <laughs> collar and his his hair is all crazy, like a mesh shirt. He comes out in a mesh shirt. Yeah, a mesh sure. shirt, obviously. Um, so that's very what funny. What else would you wear? <laughs> sure, of course. Um, Dewey watches the parents and their kids and finally feels as though he has accomplished something worthwhile. 
The winner of the competition is announced as no vacancy, but do assures everyone that winning didn't really matter because they did something even more special. Patty then enters with police officer and tries to get Dewey arrested for fraud, but Rosalie convinces the officer that Mr. Finn is Horace Green's official band coach. To please an enthralled crowd, the band plays an encore. The kids stick it to the man encore. After their song, Dewey and Rosalie kiss again, and yeah. Rosalie mixes her classical singing with the heavy rock music of School of Rock, implying that a change is coming to Horace Green and its curriculum because of the band and Dewey, and they sing a finale. Nice. Mm-hmm. Here's what I was Heartwarming. Say. Adorable. Uh, there is a bootleg of this. Oh. And it is great. We don't endorse bootlegs, but we're going to watch it. Sure, as always. Uh... <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, it's great because uh, I think Sierra Boggess actually announces everybody and is like, they say the names of the kids. And so Aww. they each get to come out to like, and everybody puts on like a leather jacket and they're all kind of like that. That's so um, sweet. But, and I, and then, no, I think Alex Brightman announces everybody and then Sierra Boggess does that. But, um, they're like playing eight days a week. These kids are playing live for you. Wow. And it's insane. And yeah. they're so good. And it's not like, it's not like kid music. It's not like easy. It's like, they're not playing full, hot cross buns correct. on electric guitar. Like <laughs> full on num- like Andrew Lloyd music, like yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber music. Andrew Lloyd music. Sure. So ALW, um, but to me, it's so, I, listen, I love this show. I think if you have a chance to go see it and it's touring, do it mm-hmm. um it is amazing to see like i mean i like was 12 and i could play piano but i couldn't do this like no. it's it's truly amazing the, the cool thing about it because i've watched a couple different things um the show actually also has a lot of improv in it in which dewey is able to improv night to night based on like crowd reaction and how mm-hmm. the audience is oh, feeling weird, uh, and make do which is like pretty rare in a broadway show no you usually so, got like you got tight stuff sure, happening you, you don't have a lot of room for anything, anything. Um, and like I said, the two of them got along very well in which, uh, you can tell uh, like Sierra and Alex Brave and friends, um, uh, and just, you know, she goes, I think you kind of have to be, she goes, I know people work around it professionally, but she goes, I like to be friends with the people that I'm in the show with. Yeah. And yeah. I thought this was very cool too. Um, she got the part. So, um, she happened, she, it was during her run of love never dies in London. Mm-hmm. No, so she, I can see why like you want to escape 2009, that. 2009, 2010, but yeah. she was having dinner at Andrew Lloyd Webber's house oh, and they As had you just, do. uh, his wife had just, you know, like, her producing partner and had just acquired the rights to the movie. So to do the stage adaptation. Okay. And so while they were sitting there, Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, put these glasses on. And she was oh. like, uh, <laughs> Okay. And she did, and he was like, oh, that's what I thought. And so this part was a little bit written in mind written for, for her. her. Nice. Because she's, like, pals, obviously, pals with him. She's but dinner at his house. Sure, but in, like, an amazing way. Um, so a lot of it vocally fits her pretty great because she was it was sure. written with her in mind, which is, like, nice. Um, the other thing that I thought was very sweet is uh, Alex Brayman in an interview talking about working with the kids because he also had been in Matilda. And so he went from sure. Matilda. Okay. To... What did he play in Matilda? Was he mm-hmm. Trenchbull? No. That's no, the thing. They do Trenchbull and drag. They do. Sure, but, but I don't think he I don't was. think hold, it was. Hold, please. I don't know the show that well. I'm going to be Sure. Honest. I also saw Matilda on Broadway. Edit this out. Michael Wormwood. He played the Oh, movie. okay. His brother. Gotcha. gotcha so, gotcha. but what's he, so they, he, in the interview, they're like, what, you just love kids? He goes, no, I really didn't actually. I don't like kids. Like, you know, he goes, ah. But he goes, uh, it's been the kids, he, in particular, talking about School of Rock, he goes, they're not even kids. They're professionals. He goes, they're the most professional. And they got all this other stuff, school and all these other things they're doing. And he goes, they're the most professional people, he goes, I think I've ever worked with where, you know, 
they are just coming and doing the work and it's so high energy. They're on stage most of the time. Like, yeah. and it's split up between, you know, a group of them, but it is like, you know, he goes, it's just been awesome working with them. And I think the, the key and the, the Dewey we saw on tour two was awesome, but it's so much energy. Like you see these numbers, even just like, even just you're in the band yeah. is like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. it is so, like, <laughs> and he is that energy through the whole thing. And what makes him kind of lovable and what Jack Black brought to it as well, I think, is he's a likable person. He kind of starts off, like, even his, like, you know, his motivations are not great, but he starts off from a place that is meant to be, like, he it's good nature and he's not mean to the kids and, you know, there's no, like, it's not creepy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like I said, it, it's a pretty fun show and you go for the cute show and it's movie based and the music's great but like truly the the magic of the show to me is the kids it's just these talented ass kids playing this full show yeah and doing it well and acting and doing all the singing and stuff like that part of it to me is what's impressive sometimes mm-hmm. working with kids is easier than working with adults sure. though. i'm gonna be honest like i, I do a lot of directing that. and music directing and my preference is working with kids sure um no offense to any of the adults i've worked with you're all great people but well, i just prefer working with most kids. kids don't have an ego most kids are pretty like in that way they're just easier easier to work with well they follow direction i mean like they are by nature because they're still growing like they're just they take things in yep. easier I agree. and that's like it's a huge thing and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch and they they learn quicker and mm-hmm. um they follow directions usually without pushing back too much you know yep. they get fussy sometimes and sometimes attention spans are a thing but like i don't know i just uh i mean that's why I'm, i do what i do but i as a teacher, I imagine this story sure. probably would really resonate with me. I said well. nine to sixteen, nine to thirteen. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. so they're young. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's really young. It was mostly received popular with good good reviews. Hollywood Reporter said the show knows full well that its prime asset is the cast of ridiculously talented kids, ranging in ages from nine to thirteen. They supply a joyous blast of defiant analog vitality in a manufactured digital world. I love that. Which is true. That's really nice. That's like a poetic way to like describe these kids too. Yep. Um, Aw, this is nice. Sure, it's cute too. We salute you. Um, let's see. Um, according to Rooney, Bagas is lovely in the show's closest thing to a female lead. Brightman's performance was well praised as well. Uh, the secret we- secret weapon and glue holding it all together is an insanely winning supernova turn by Alex Brightman as Dewey. Hmm. He comes off as a gentler version of Jack Black, though still loud and rambunctious, and a genuine class clown. See, that's the thing about this movie that I was always like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, because Jack Black, like, he's funny, but I just he's find him down, so though. gruff, though. Yeah, you know what I mean? he's toned down in the movie. Oh, he's yeah, more, yeah. He's more, um, like, still, like, crazy, but more, um, what's the movie you like? The Holiday. More Holiday yeah. Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, okay, okay. Yeah. like, gross Jack Black. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. There's so many times I've seen him, kind of like an Adam Sandler, where it's like, man, you do kind of the same thing, and it's like a very specific type of humor. Sure, no. So, I'm going to okay. tell you, School of Rock, very... Very different, eh? Um, mm-hmm. Very cute. Very un-Jack Black in I that agree. way. Got but, it. And honestly, a turn that he has kind of made and stuck, stuck with. Stuck with, yeah. Uh, All uh, right, that's I called like... growth, is what that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Good for um, you, Jack. I like this review. Uh, it says, you'd have to have zero sense of humor about pop to not enjoy Weber's jaunty pistache score, which sneaks elegant melodies in, in among the boilerplate stadium stompers. Um, the ever-savvy Andrew Lloyd Weber has kept himself and his ditties more in the background. Mm. 
Um, so maybe you know, that's why it works so well. He has the ideal sensibility Sorry. to relate to children whose freakish talents might make them seem a little bit peculiar in a world of average Joes. <laughs> um, Aww. yeah, I just like I said, Jeez, it's man. it to me is. You know, I like I said, it, it to me it's just it's a fun show to see. I would love to try to figure out how to do it, um, but it is these kids do all the heavy lifting, and and mm-hmm. that's saying something. Where there's a lot of kids shows out there, Matilda being one of them, and yeah, but it's a different to me. It's a different kind of heavy lifting because they are playing yeah mm-hmm. full out on stage. So, yeah. uh, listen, I like I said, I obviously like this. Uh, in a world where we give it. Uh, zero guitar solos uh, and all the guitar solos. Oh, no, sure. no quantity of guitar uh, solos. I give it all the guitar solos. I think this. I think this show is sweet. Um, it is like poignant in a good like that that really nice way that I think shows should be, especially when there's like kids involved. Um, and like I said, the kids do a great job. And Alex Braven, if you again, we do not support bootlegs, but if you happen to go on and find the bootleg, um, it's, enjoy. That. It's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe search S O R. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll go in on all these guitar solos too. I've never seen it. It sounds lovely the way you've described it and the, the loving way you've both talked about it. Sure. It's like, it's kind of like a very nice endorsement. I have not seen the musical. I've just seen the movie. No. But um, it is like, it's like a sweet, sweet movie. Um, very funny. Still like a lot of good. And also, there is something funny about watching kids be funny like like there is something that is marginally funnier about kids being funny sometimes they don't know they're being correct and that's that's what makes it that kind of humor yeah okay i got you yeah um they're just being themselves and And it's hysterical but in a non we're making fun of these kids kind of way no no like them being themselves and being like witty tiny adults like they're yeah (laughs) yeah i definitely agree um, I'll so, give it all the guitar solos. Yeah, man, all the guitar solos. Uh, so I think we've done it. Um, again, go see this if you can. It's too, it tours every once in a while, so just, yeah. you gotta keep it around. Next time for it comes it. through, check it out. Absolutely. So uh, we'll say exit, stage left, uh, followed by a big bang drum solo.